welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Today's episode, Groovy Conference, man. I'm Ryan Spilkin, and I'm joined by the grooviest of co-hosts, Matthew Stubblefield. Hi, Matthew. What's shaking, Ryan? Hey. <laughs> Today, our special guests are scriptrunner developer Johnny Carter and scriptrunner product owner Neil Riley, who had recently attended the Groovy Developer Conference, The Great Conf, in U.S. Hey, guys. Hey. Hiya. Great to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. So, gentlemen, first things first, let's do a Thunderbolt round. <laughs> So today, we're going to take less than a minute apiece to talk about a fandom that we belong or belonged to. And I'll start. I'll, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to lay it out here. You guys have full permission to tease me about this in the future. I was a fish head when I was in my early 20s. So Fish oh. the Band, P-H-I-S-H. Yeah. Uh, um, not the Mermaid. Not the Mermaid. Not the, mermaid. mermaid. the Band. I attended nine of their shows there was at one point in my life i had a cd visor holder that held 12 cds in it you know and all 12 of those were fish studio albums at one point in my life i was dedication yeah i was serious about it um so yeah and so i i (laughs) guess i was around a lot of of fish heads at one point or another on those nine events and sometimes i was even aware of them so that's me, guys. Johnny, what about you? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the the thing I remember being most ardently a fan of was, um, do you guys remember the cartoon uh, Beast Wars? It was a Transformers oh, yes. iteration. Yes. So this came at a perfect time for me because, uh, you know, it. I, I started watching the show right around the time that, I first got home internet access. Oh. And so I was dis- I discovered this fan forum and it was, it was just a perfect storm of nerdiness. Um, <laughs> so, and the interesting thing about it was there was this weird community of like people who had been fans of transformers who are now adults who are fans of this show. And this sounds like way creepier than it is like this 13 year old kid, but I mean, it was interacting with, you know, adults who were, but it was, it was awesome. Like, uh, I remember this time of my life as a very happy time of just getting on internet bulletin board forums and nerding out about, you know, the latest episode of beast wars with, uh, people. So dude, I love transformers and I totally feel you, but I am a big fan of the old school Dinobots. Matthew. Dinobots. Grimlock. All day. Matthew, what's what's your fandom? So mine's a a relatively recent development. I was thinking about this Thunderbolt round in our, uh, as we prepare so, so, you know, dutifully for these podcasts. Rigorously. um, (laughs) When you pitch this to me. It's like a training (laughs) montage. (laughs) for me right now, it's it's probably Marvel Comics. Uh, I, I didn't grow up reading comics. I couldn't afford them. They're they're actually shockingly expensive, uh, considering... I, I don't know if kids are actually the target audience for comics. It's actually probably 30-year-old bearded men like me. But uh, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I got the, the Marvel Unlimited app on iPad, where it's just 10 bucks a month that I can read all the comics I want. And when we were talking about fandom earlier, I thought... 
what's the thing that I get really into that when a conversation comes up around the topic, it, it can just now go for hours. Uh, and this is the thing of the like, oh yeah, I saw this in a movie. Oh, let me tell you about the movie. Let me tell you about the vast backstory behind it. And three hours later, you will know a, a fraction. Uh, it's, it's, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's uh and it, it's a, you know, a cheap and easy hobby for right now. So what's the number one book in your, in your rotation at the moment? <sighs> um, so curiously, I've actually <laughs> been spending a lot of time with star Wars lately because Marvel, I've got all the, the star Wars comics in, uh, and that's been a lot of fun. That but, Vader series. Uh, it's, that's been, that's been really good. Uh, I'm suddenly wanting to go grab my iPad, but <laughs> I won't distract myself. Uh, so I'm, I come back to Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man, the, the new, uh, well, sort of the, the reboot, the unlimited reboot of all of the different heroes. And the Spider-Man Unlimited was a particularly good run. Very, very excellent. Nice, Matthew. Neil, what about you? So if we're talking about things that you kind of overtake conversations and that's all you can talk about for the next three hours, and I guess we're staying in a lot of like TV and written media, I've gone back through and rewatched Neon Genesis Evangelion start to finish now, oh. all the way from like episode one through the reboots they did in the early 2000s to the last end of Evangelion that they did in the, I think, 20 teens. And that by far is one of the greatest tomes of work that I've seen in a very long time. I think I can only think of a couple that have crested like the storytelling ability through those and just the chills that you get watching a, a scene where really nothing is happening already. I'm going deep into freaking out about this, but it is one of, it is absolutely one of my favorites. And it's, it's one that I would call fandom because it's very difficult to have a conversation that's only a few paragraphs long, even let's say even one sentence about just the breadth of this. You could say, Oh, it's an anime and there's a robot and this kid kind of freaks out. That's what happens. And <laughs> that's, that's in, in many ways the story, but it's not like, there's just so much more going on there. You and, either have but, to stop there or, yeah. you know, speak at length for hours. There's no exactly. in between where there's a trip to exactly. the bar coming, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's you- an interesting yeah i was gonna say or you open yourselves up to to people like me who go even gallion where are you on Gundam soup mobile i mean come exactly on. exactly <laughs> but it's an interesting one because you can you can do this kind of a litmus test and i think this is the litmus test of any fandom i had friends i'm gonna go ahead and be very nice to you ryan and, and kind of pull you out of like being on your own there i had friends who were fish heads they were mermaids it's cool it's good times but they would always send me rift as the album to be like, if you were going to get into fish, you're going to start here. That's like your entry point into, I know. And I, I see you shaking your head over there, but like, that's the one that they would send me is like, if you can, if you can get into this, maybe you can kind of back into the rest of it. And the, uh, for Evangelion, it's really any episode. If you watch any one of those episodes, you're like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. You're, you're hooked for life. Like, you're you know, uh, some close friends of my family are really into it, Evangelion. So I've just never, I've never, maybe I'll take the dive. I mean, I don't want to start this four hour process that's going to end up at the pub, but this is the four hour process that's okay. going to end up at the all pub. Right, all, right, <laughs> like, all right. All right. We, we, we'll get there. But and mm-hmm. Rift is definitely not the album they should have been sending you. I don't know what the heck they were thinking. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> that's cool, though. That's cool. It's wonderful. And it's great that we were, we are able to connect with people 
over a topic that we enjoy, right? Especially when we find other people who connect with a particular facet of it. We might disagree on which Fish album was best or, um, you know, who your favorite Transformer or superhero is. But we can certainly have great in-depth conversations. And we find that in our professional lives, going to conferences helps us do the same thing. So you guys were at Great Conf, and I I really want to know about it. First of all, where was it? So it was in the uh, lovely city of Minneapolis. Minnesota. Wow. Minnesota. What is there to do in Minneapolis for a bunch of coders in the middle of the week? You can go to great comps. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, kind of bog standard um, major city in the Midwest. So um, while we were there, we actually went and uh, caught a concert in the evening. Um, Neil may be able to say a bit more about that, but that was a good time. Yeah. Who was it? Uh, it's a guy called Matt Dosh, who is the drummer for Andrew, Andrew Bird. Bird. Yeah. So turns out, turns out Matt is from um, is from Minneapolis, and so he was there with all of his family, and it was basically us four people that randomly came off the street looking for a different bar and got lost. Don't know how in that neighborhood, but possible uh, in an old abandoned firehouse. I say abandoned, refurbished firehouse. Um, and it was Dosh and Dosh's parents and, and this motley crew of people, which was quite, quite fun. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to, if you're going to go see your favorite people, that's where you go. I will say the venue was also freaking cool. <laughs> it's so neat. I think it's called the firehouse and yeah. now I'm, I'm going to feel bad if it's wrong, but yeah, it was, it was one, it was cool time. Absolutely. And I have to say coming back to the Midwest, cause I hadn't been back there in a minute, the Midwest kind of, um, happiness and charm and just everyone is just so polite. It's like, what are you doing? Who are you? Can we sit you down and have a beer? Why don't you come over to my house and we'll cook you dinner? It's like, it's, it's fascinating. And I forget it often. (laughs) It is a nice place. So what brought the adaptivist crew, the team to the great comp, great comp, greater comp. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the obvious answer is, you know, script runner, uh, for Jira, Bitbucket server and confluence, uh, are, you know, it runs on the groovy programming language. Uh, great conf is, you know, a community around that. And, uh, it's, it's pretty core to our product offering. So, uh, you know, it's just a natural fit for us to go and connect with the community. I mean, great conf, uh, a lot of the lead developers on the groovy language itself are there. Um, a lot of the companies that are using it heavily in their products either contribute or send somebody. Um, so yeah. yeah. And they had really good presentations from the people who were using it heavily. Like Netflix did a really good set of presentations on what their build pipeline is like kind of separate from just Ruby itself, but just talking about how that integrates into the wide world of what they do. Mutual of Omaha actually was a very interesting one who are customers of Adaptivist actually, at least on the script on side. And, um, we're talking about how they go from ideation and confluence all the way through to delivery and they had built a, um, a, an engine in Groovy on top of Jenkins, which linked up Bitbucket and Jenkins and did some interesting kind of build manipulation stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was a good time. I, I have to say, I had never been to a developer conference like that. Um, it feels like a small conference, as though, although when you looked at all of the attendees that were there, it was actually, it was actually quite a fair amount of people who had showed up. But everyone is super nice, super lovely, and it's good for our team who sits in Groovy every day 
to get outside of kind of our own heads and go to a conference anyway, but also just see how Groovy is implemented inside of all these other different areas like web services like Grails or be it uh, on top of other kinds of products that would be similar to the Atlassian stack like Jenkins, for instance, um, and really get an idea of just sort of different ways of thinking and coming out of that with a different sort of mindset. That was, that was really helpful, I would think. Mm-hmm. So share with us a couple of things that you did pick up besides seeing those cool applications of Groovy. Did you learn anything that, that you're taking home with you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, one of the, the big things that, um, defines the Groovy ecosystem, I think are, uh, it's frameworks that you can take and use, um, maybe even use in a regular Java application, uh, even if it's not otherwise Groovy, um, like Groovy is fairly pluggable. So, um, two of the, two of the big web frameworks in Groovy land are Grails, um, which is kind of known for being a super opinionated framework and Rat Pack, which is known for being super unopinionated. Um, and actually Adaptivist is using Rat Pack in, uh, some of our, our cloud, um, add-ons. So, um, seeing presentations from both of those teams, how they're, um, essentially, I think in dialogue with each other about the best way to do a web framework in Groovy. Um, and in Java in general. Uh, and what's really interesting and powerful about that is um, they're both kind of pushing each other, I think, towards a certain amount of modularization. So um, one of the more interesting things I was thinking about was, okay, how can we take these things that are being developed in Grails and potentially use them in the context of um, an Atlassian plugin um, or, or a script plugin uh, from, uh, for, for the script runner world? Um, so that was a, a thing I was particularly keen to see. Um, yeah. And it, it was also very interesting. First off, it's one of the first times I'd actually met Johnny in person. Um, unfortunately, oh, yeah. with such a yeah. distributed team, it was actually really nice to sort of sit face to face with someone and go, oh, you really are seven feet tall. Ah, cool. All right. On DC, you don't <laughs> look like it. But um, yeah. yeah, every time we do stand up there, I'm coming out of a laptop on a table. So I appear to be three feet tall uh, every morning. <laughs> so when it turns out, uh, Johnny is the size of a tree. As it turns out, he's uh, Johnny. Small, a small one. Small, but, yeah. I w- but the other side of that is as a, as a product owner, kind of um, sitting across a team of, of fiercely technical people who are uh, quite adept at what they do to be able to really talk that language. It was really good to kind of sit down and do some of the earlier sessions in Groovy in the sort of workshop day, which is that first day that we showed up and just kind of do the primer on the Groovy language in general. I had gone through the documentation and I have a, I have a good understanding of Java and sort of other object oriented languages like that. But it was very good to kind of get that high level overview so that for the rest of the time, Actually, I was able to converse about topics uh, that we would normally be talking about in a much more coherent way. And I'd go, well, okay, I, I hear what you're saying. We could have used a closure here, but what about this and this and this? And you just sort of see both um, Jamie, who is with us as well, and Johnny look over slightly and go, hmm, you actually said the right thing this time. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, helps, it helps quite a bit. And I have to say, like, I will. I would encourage anybody who is uh, feeling like this might be a good idea to go ahead and go. If you're if you're sitting in a role like this one as like a liaison back to the business, 
Absolutely. Understanding that vocabulary is imperative to being able to deliver things quickly, not have kind of language breakdowns, no pun intended. Yeah. I would also say like, um, kind of jumping off of that, another, another nice bit. It was, it was super nice to interface with Neil. I think it was also cool to, uh, see like core groovy developers or, uh, the core developers for like the rat pack framework or the grails framework, presenting and talking about their work and interacting with them in kind of casual settings. Um, so one thing I really liked was the second day, uh, they had an evening event at uh, Object Partners, which is a, a firm up there in Minneapolis um, called Groovy Puzzlers. So it was just uh, random bits of groovy code. What do you think this will do? Uh, and it was kind of a quiz show <laughs> moment plus drinking game. Uh, <laughs> and game game isn't really a description of that though. Like the watching Dave drink. Developer just chug yeah. a half a bottle of whiskey every time he got something wrong. Well, not every time. Every time he got something wrong, he did a glass of whiskey, and he got enough things wrong that they killed a bottle of whiskey. And then Object Partners guys were like, "This is really great. All of you need to leave. We know what's about to happen. Like get back on the bus. <laughs> like, get out of here." <laughs> it was uh, it was a genuinely good time had by all. Um, so I have to say, it, it sounds like this conference was uh, both a lot more fun than most of the professional conferences I've been to. Uh, but but also really educational. Like it, it was much more hands on than I'm used to hearing uh, a conference. Meeting. You guys actually did some stuff together uh, and made some new things. Yeah, I actually understand Rat Pack now. So yeah, I actually I actually know that Groovy is a language. That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> good nice thing. work, Neil. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think Matthew, I think you're right. I uh, I would say that of the conferences I've been to. This is one where it was very important to get everybody sort of hands-on. And then as soon as the sort of talks ended, there was a session afterwards where people are coming up and going, yeah, I heard you say this and blah, blah, blah. And actually they would form these little focus groups on one aspect of how the talk went and would just sit there and kind of, you know, have, have a coffee and, and sort of spec out things that go d- way deeper than I think you would do it at larger sort of let's say nameless faceless conferences where all you can do is sort of come up and high five the speaker and then run away. Yeah. I would, I would also like add, I think it had a a critical um, element of, I'm going to use this word intimacy um, that a lot of conferences don't have. Like a lot of conferences I feel like end up feeling a bit like a customer base. It's like a, a, a consortium of the sold to. Um, And I, I feel like, Greg Kampf, uh had that key element of feeling like a community. Um, so it was sort of the, the sold on rather than the sold to, right? Like the, the people there genuinely believe in the language and the ecosystem. They care about it. Um, and that's a powerful thing. And that brings us to the next conference on our agenda, which is Atlassian's U.S. Summit 2017 happening in San Jose uh, from September, is it the 12th? September 12th, yeah. 12th through the 15th. And Sounds about right. The Adaptivist crew is going to be there in uh, full force, and we're really excited. We think that attending conferences like this, where the community is quite engaged in the product, makes for a better time. It's the 14th to the 17th, by the way. So, Johnny, I like what you said about the, the, the conference being sort of this community aspect, and that's one of the things that I think is really cool about Summit. Uh, I never got the opportunity to go as... 
when I was a Jira admin, because uh, I, I worked in higher education. We don't have money for fancy things like conferences. But uh, uh, it's been really cool talking with, with some of our customers there and, and hearing their experience. Uh, things like going to uh, talks that are being presented by other Atlassian users and hearing about how they're doing stuff and, and particularly how they're doing it at scale, like the, the challenges that, that they overcame and sharing that information and having a chance to, to sit down and, and have lunch together and talk through it and get inspired. Um, I think those, those customer talks, providing that platform for the customers and the, the emphasis that Atlassian has on that makes Summit uh, just a tremendously valuable experience uh, for those who can get there. Um, there's also just so much going on. Like the, the expo hall is huge. We just stand and talk with people all day, which I feel like is the, the most valuable thing we can do of sharing ideas. Uh, there's a lot of great presentations. The, the keynotes give you some inside track. But the other thing I think is really just, um, I don't have a good adjective. Stellar, noteworthy, like something I don't see anywhere else. All of the summit stuff goes up online. So like, if you can't attend, you, you still can get the value out of the presentations. Like, I don't know anybody else who does that, who puts on a multi-day conference and, and charges attendance. Cause you got to pay for the venue and you got to pay for the staff. Like Atlassian takes hundreds and hundreds of people there to support the conference. And we go and, and, you know, we deliver training and we do other stuff and, and whatnot, but then they put everything up online. Like that's such an investment in the community. And it's such a, an awesome thing that Atlassian does. Uh, I think it speaks well of them. I have, I have actually been privileged enough to see a preview of one of the talks that's being given by uh, Adaptivist co-founder Dan Hardiker uh, about some of the technical issues that, that he is going to be addressing at the conference. And I can tell you, it's good. It's very cool. He's, he's got a lot brewing there. Um, is that the performance and- talk? Yeah. Yeah, that that guy knows some things. He's he's, <laughs> he's seen things. And if I'm, there, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh Johnny, are you also giving a giving a little little yeah. up? I'll actually be giving a talk in the uh service and ops track about um supporting a uh a customer base uh without losing too much hair, which I mean is instantly a joke because <laughs> So I'm going to share the lesson so you can avoid my pain. For viewers uh, of losing my uh, hair. Who can't actually view us, uh, come to Summit and then you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be giving a talk. I've actually been working with uh, the track chair, um, Molly at Atlassian, who's super great. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited about that talk, actually. I think it's going to be a great time. So. I'm going to be there just to, just to cheer you on, Johnny. I'm coming. I'm coming for it. Oh, Neil, you're going to be at Summit, yeah? Yeah, I'll be there too. Absolutely. I'll be there to heckle you, Johnny. Yeah. Although, <laughs> Neil's, Neil's going to get the talk internally, so. Oh. Yeah. He may yeah. do other things. On I didn't want to. I didn't want to make you guys jealous, but Johnny's actually going to give us the talk first. So you know, it's. I mean, it's fine. It's whatever. I can't believe this, Johnny. <sighs> it's true love is really what it is. Uh, Practice makes uh, perfect. Just saying. I have to say, I've been through a lot of summits over the years, and the one thing I've, I saw uh, come up this time, which I'm actually quite interested to see um, how they how they play it out, is these industry user groups that they're running kind of the day before summit. Um, Atlassian seems to be reaching out to kind of uh, these different verticals that are using the products, but probably using them in slightly different ways 
and could learn from best practices in a, in a given industry rather than kind of just Atlassian um, customer-wide. So that's something that's going to be really interesting. There's also a, um, a session run by, it looks like it's going to be run by Dom Price um, around the Atlassian health monitor and the Atlassian playbooks, which if, if you haven't checked those out yet, they're actually a really interesting way to sort of uh, help your team uh, kind of better gel together, work better together in the, in the confines that you have and in the, in the environment you're working in. It's not really anything necessarily specific to tools. It's just a lot of learnings that Atlassian has gotten over the years from their customers and Atlassian themselves um, on just the best ways to make teams work well together. And there's a, there's a health monitor for your team to see kind of baseline where you're at and then um, take these sort of iterative uh, steps to make your teams work better together. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Dom is always a really good, uh, really good speaker and a really good kind of uh, lead for these sort of kind of thought exercises. So be, be interested to see how that goes. Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, we really look forward to seeing you and any of our listeners that are going to be at U.S. Summit 2017 in San Jose. We're all going to be there. So please come by and say hello. Do you want to be a guest on our podcast during Summit? I'm going to be recording the whole week. So uh, be sure to, to drop us an email at learnatadaptivist.com. We'll set a session up. And if you're interested in uh, how you get one of those sweet Adaptivist t-shirts and hang out at our booth all day and get paid for it, Adaptivist is always recruiting. So check out joinadaptivist.com. We'd love to have you uh, join our team. And so for Matthew Stubblefield, Johnny Carter, and Neil Riley, I'm Ryan Spilkin. Thank you so much for joining us on Adaptivist Live, and we'll see you again next week. Can I just kind of, <laughs> I just kind of fart at the end of it? It'd yeah. make me really happy if I could.